0: And, of course, touchdown at 10 on a Monday morning means our conversation weekly with our guy Jay Gruden to get us going here. Jay, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Doing very well, thanks.
1: Yes. Hello, Jay.
0: Jay, explain to me, please, how and, – and, look, I watched a lot of Brock Purdy over the last four years at Iowa State, and as I described to Chris, there were a lot of great moments, especially when he had David Montgomery riding shotgun in a run game there for Matt Campbell. But there were also moments of inexplicable play – Uh, by him individually. How does a guy, certainly with plenty of ability, and I I almost believe maybe Will Levis coming out of the school in Kentucky this year, could be this year's Brock Purdy, a guy that has those inexplicable moments in college but maybe better as a pro quarterback. How does this guy as a third-teamer, which means outside of running scout team, your reps are even less than the second-team guy uh, with your first-team offense, has the kind of success early here but obviously a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who, as you know, is very good at what he does.
2: Yeah, I, you know, got to give credit to Kyle for putting him in a great situation. But you have to credit the guys around him, too. He's got a great, uh, great weapons all across the board. I know they lost Debo early in the game or in the middle, middle of the game. But, you know, Brandon Ayuk, they have a couple of great running backs. Their offensive line is outstanding, obviously led by Trent. Um, so, yeah, they can hurt you a lot of different ways, running the ball, throwing the ball. And if he can just avoid the major mistakes. He had a couple picks or a bit bad pick he threw, but they got a defensive holding call in the game that helped that game. Um, he can manage a game because their defense is playing at such a high level right now. You don't have to take a lot of risks as a play caller. He can uh, be a little bit conservative, throw some screens, throw some quick game, hand the ball off, and your defense will put you in a great situation.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and and they have uh, a short week coming up here. Uh, does San Francisco against Seattle – uh, and Seattle yesterday, Jay. I don't know how much of that game you got to see. I mean, you know, Geno Smith having to work without Kenneth Walker the third, without uh, DJ Dallas, uh, and as Pete pointed out, they were already without Rashad Penny for you know pretty much the entire year, if not the entire year. I mean, Seattle, when you're a run-first team and you don't have your two top running backs, even though you're at home and playing a a Carolina team that you should theoretically beat based on the record. I mean, obviously, that's why you play the game, right? And give credit to Steve Wilkes because he's gotten, I mean, look, he's gotten some out of Sam Darnold that we haven't seen, and they were able to run the football and win a game on the road. You know that's a hostile environment there.
2: Yeah, for sure. A big game for Carolina. You know, going into the season, a lot of people thought Carolina could win the uh, NFC South. You know, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, and had a great defense coming back, and they had Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey, and D.J. Moore, and and then uh, obviously had a terrible start and fired their coach, but they still have a very talented defense. Um, their defense has been playing very well as of late. Ben McAdoo's calling a pretty good game. Getting Sam Darnold back in back in action and good graces with the team, and um, you know they're 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 a dangerous team. They they won't make the playoffs, but uh, they're playing hard. Um, j- 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 if you don't mind, j- let
1: me just follow up on one more thing on Purdy going into this Seattle game Thursday night in Seattle. Twelve the the whole 12s thing, and you know how loud that place is. I mean, for a rookie quarterback, seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant, whatever the hell they want to call him. I mean, he's played great, obviously, in his first game and a half at home. Is how much of a, obviously it's a bigger challenge, but how much would that concern you if you're Kyle, uh, if you're the 49ers, again, having to go into that now hostile and hostile, but also desperate environment?
2: Yes, that'll be tough. You know, I think going on the road and the snap count is going to be critical. Obviously, they'll have to go on a silent count a lot, which uh, isn't that hard, but it still takes a lot of work. And uh, you, you run out of audible, audibles and cans and a lot of checks because it's so loud, it's hard to communicate with your team. And you're going to have to do a lot of call it and run it type plays, and hopefully he can execute it. But like I said, the great equalizer for a guy like Brock Purdy is a great defense and the ability to run a And that's kind of what Washington's M.O. has been while Tyneke's been good. They've been able to play very good defense and run the football and and not ask their quarterback to do too much. Uh, But when they do ask them, both of them have performed pretty well.
0: Jay, just real quick on Carolina. An interim, anytime an interim staff takes over, this can usually go one of two ways. Uh, is it more surprising that it's going in a positive trajectory uh, than a negative trajectory? Because I think a lot of people thought, okay, well, Carolina's just going to absolutely tank now. Yet Steve has gotten a great response uh, from these guys. And it, it almost seems like you see a lot of guys that realize, Hey man, every rep I get, I'm playing for a contract next year. And if you're an interim coach, that's the reaction you hope you get, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I think the defense finally saw some help on offsets. You know, the defense is, was- playing pretty well, but the offense couldn't do a thing early in the year. Now that Sam Darnold's back and uh, playing pretty well, they see uh, they're able to run the ball a little bit better and the defense is starting to see some play by the offense and they're playing good now. Um, so, yeah, Sam Darnold has been a great uh, story for the last couple of weeks, rejuvenating his career, so to speak. it be interested to see what happens to him in the next couple of years. Um, he's playing for a contract. He's playing for a place to play long term. And uh, Carolina's also fighting. It's, uh, it's good to see him play hard for Coach Wilkes.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, before we get to the Commanders, the Giants, the Eagles, all that, Cowboys, and the NFC East, uh, going back to last Thursday night, I mean, uh, for those that don't know, you serve as, as a consultant for Sean McVay. Uh, and the Rams, Um, and even though you're not there on a daily basis, I know you're aware of everything going on, when you see Baker Mayfield do what Baker Mayfield did on Thursday night, A, how impossible was that, that he pulled that off? And B, how do you even, I I, I mean, because now everybody's going to expect, oh, he's just going to do that every game, and that's just not the way it's going to work. How do you kind of temper expectations, I guess?
2: Well, I think he might be a little bit better. I think they pro- they went in with a limited game plan for Baker, and you know he's been in a league so many for for enough years where he should know concepts and what's good against certain coverages. You just got to learn a terminology. It's like just learning a new language in three days. You know, you just got to try That's to correlate awesome. the ten or fifteen plays that you know and what are they called here? And they have a wristband for him. and I'm sure he had notes by the wristband what they were and all that stuff. So. Uh, he was able to perform, and then next week he'll be able to do a little bit more, some more audibles and things at the line of scrimmage. And Sean will always put him in a good situation. He won't ask him to do too much. Uh, but it is necessary for a quarterback to handle the run game, get him out, get him out of bad runs, uh, make sure the quarterback's protected with uh, some protection changes at the line of scrimmage, and hopefully Baker will continue to progress.
0: Jay, from that standpoint, a great question. I, I, we talked with Danny Cannell on Friday, and he told us a story about your brother at the Combine giving him – a play to recite back to him, oh. and Danny talked about at one point how easy it. Look, his terminology at Florida State we're 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 running R forty six, okay? That's a sweep yep. to the right, and then your brother rolls out one of his uh, linguistic brilliances on offense, and Danny said after like the first couple of words, he's like, ah, I don't know, coach. That's a that's a lot to uh, that's a lot to recite back. How difficult is Sean's? language for a quarterback like that because to me that would be the toughest thing if the if there's a language that's very involved to me that would be the toughest part on such a short turnaround as baker uh had there how difficult is sean's terminology
2: that's very difficult and most offenses are difficult you're talking about the formation and you're talking about the motion and you're talking about the protection and the pass route uh or the run game then you have to can it with another run or another pass or what have you so yes it could be very wordy i think it's very necessary to be wordy uh to get the most out of your offense you can't just call a play and run it every time because you'll run into a free safety blitz or a nickel blitz or whatever and and, and lose your mind so you have to be able to change plays at the line of scrimmage and they become wordy and it's tough that's why baker had to make a uh, wristband and a lot of quarterbacks are going to the wristband because now the coach could just say hey play 46, they look at 46, a bunch of laptop, and they can read it off, and it's a lot easier. <laughs> I love
1: that, how you that. Just was fast, that was fast, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I looked at Danny Cannell. I said, you mean it wasn't Spider 2 by Banana Man? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, there are a couple easy ones that are easy you can call. You <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, easy. dude,
1: when I was playing quarterback for UIC
0: growing up, man, it was fake 24, give 36, break, you know? <laughs> and we were out of the huddle, and we were at the line of scrimmage, man. It's amazing how, uh, how complicated it has has gotten, But you're right, though. I mean, so much information is being disseminated within the language uh, of the play. It, it, when you were creating offenses, were you cognizant of that, especially as you're communicating with your quarterback or quarterbacks and you realized, hey, this guy might be able to handle this? And did you ever have to modify it for guys that you didn't think would be able to handle this and would be a nightmare trying to get out of the huddle?
2: Oh, for sure, you had to, and uh, that's where the wristband comes into play. But also, you had to modify it quite a bit, um, especially when we had the quarterback injuries and our guys were coming in. Sanchez came in, uh, Josh Johnson came in. We didn't have a lot of time to work with them. Heck, we had to teach them a snap count on Tuesday. We played on Sunday. So <laughs> right. that's, that that's pretty difficult. Yeah, that was so that was a, that it. was
1: a fun year. That was a fun year.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you. Sometimes you just call it double right, two jet, all go. That's all you call yeah. it. It's four verticals and half back on the check option to get away with those plays. Uh, but it is nice to have some variety and be able to do different things in personnel groupings. But when you are limited, you have to uh, call it more of a conservative game plan, and you probably won't score many points.
1: Jay Gruden with us, as he is each and every Monday for Touchdown at 10 right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Um, so the Giants get rolled up on At MetLife by the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know how many people are surprised by that or should be surprised by that. Uh but for the Giants dealing with Saquon not a, uh clearly 100%. We already know a lack of weapons around Daniel Jones and now you got to come to Washington on Sunday night and take a team on uh that's rested. Do you think it's a do you think it's a good thing if you will uh that the Commanders got this rest and they'll be able to attack the Giants and 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 break them down, A, from just playing them, and then B, seeing what worked for the Eagles? Or do you think in some ways it could benefit the Giants because maybe Washington will be a little bit rusty?
2: No, I think it'll benefit Washington. There's blood in the water, and Washington's got to take advantage of it early and get after them early and, and make sure the Giants know that they have no chance to win. I think they're clearly outmatched right now. They're beat up a little bit. Coming off of a really bad loss at home and um, then traveling here. That should be a packed stadium and a uh, great environment for Washington. They got to jump out early and jump out hard and, and get on them uh, right away. And uh, I think it should be a, a pretty uh, good contest for them. And they should have a lot of success. Jay, are they equipped to do that? Uh, they, they should be, yeah. They're well rested. They're healthy. They should be able to run the ball. Uh, Philadelphia was able to do that, they were able to throw the ball over the corner's heads. Uh, really, Philadelphia did whatever they wanted. And I know Philadelphia has a little bit better offensive line, maybe, and uh, two really good receivers. But Washington has great receivers, and uh, Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball very well. But uh, you know, they got to just get after them and attack them, and and defense got to continue their dominance over the the Giants' offense. Uh,
1: we talked about this last week, and we don't know the status, but uh, it wasn't good the last time we saw the uh, fourth center for the Commanders. Um, uh, what the hell is his Nick name? Tyler, no, well, Tyler Larson w- yeah. was the fourth center. He had to be carted off in overtime last Sunday. He's got a dislocated kneecap. He's probably not going to play. So they might have to go back to Nick Martin, uh, who played earlier, what have you. Anyway, the, the 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 question is, I know you know how important that center position is, but for fans that only really look at, like, left tackle, how – crippling could something like that be even if you are the better team even if you are at home and not dealing with road noise to kind of again be on this constant merry-go-round at center after the position seemed to stabilize itself for the last couple of weeks
2: yeah it's tough um communication obviously is uh, all very very important and they'll have time to get that ready for Sunday night's game I'm sure but also when you have a quarterback like Heineke, who's not the biggest guy in the world, interior push is very, uh, is very difficult for Heineke to handle. And that's kind of what happened against the Giants last week when he had problems. He threw the ball high. He couldn't step in the throw because of the internal pressure. The center and right guard area was, was uh, pretty susceptible to that. So they have to fix that for sure to give Heineke a chance to step into his throws. Uh, but it is critical. You have to have a great center, communicate, get up to the next level in the running game, and obviously pass protect and change pass protection calls when necessary.
0: Jay, is that something you have to specifically game plan possibly for this week? Maybe add some rollouts. We did see that finally last week. We saw Heineke on a rollout. He ended up being able to keep the ball, run for eight yards. But is that stuff that maybe uh, Scott's going to have to plan for knowing that you've got elite defensive linemen in that area against your fourth line center coming up this week?
2: Yeah, a little bit, and you see Scott tried to adjust a little bit. He tried to do some release screens to the tight, to the receivers outside on some third and longs, which was protecting the quarterback in their lineman. He tried to do some max protection, keeping the tight end in in the back end, and have some seven man protections where the line could just slide and, and protect all the gaps there. Uh, the good thing is that does help the center and helps the guards, but it also makes your tight end have to block a defensive end and lose them in pass protect mm-hmm. in, in the pass pattern. So mm-hmm. uh, there's some pros and cons of that. So they'll have to adjust. They'll have to match protect those some more screens, or uh, hopefully they could just handle it and, and go play.
1: All right. The obligatory question. It looks like, looks like Carson Wentz will be in uniform this Sunday night as the backup. We know there's no debate who should be the starter right now. Here's my question to you. If Taylor Heineke has a horrible, a wretched first half. Is there any temptation on Jay Gruden, the head coach, if you were the head coach, to go to Carson Wentz at that point, if he's terrible, if he's brutal, if they're down 14-3 and he's thrown three picks?
2: <laughs> I love these positive dips. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean li-
1: hey, hey, listen, one thing I know about the Grudens, you you guys weren't exactly always patient with quarterbacks either. I mean, i just say well,
2: that, okay? These are desperate times now. They're battling for their playoff life. So whoever gives you the best chance to win, you got to play. And if he's struggling, he's got that look in his eyes where he doesn't feel very confident. Then yeah, you got to make a change. But. I think he'll be just fine. I think they'll be able to protect him uh, with the running game a little bit and the play-action game. And, and I think the defense will obviously keep it close enough where they won't have to make that move.
0: Jay, Washington's about to embark a little bit of what the Dolphins have the last couple of weeks. It's really it's really savage, the Dolphins. I mean, two games on the West Coast and short turnaround now Saturday for a game uh, with Buffalo uh, coming up this week. Washington will play the Sunday night game. at least it's at home. Not no travel involved in getting back. But then a short work week headed to uh, you know, San Francisco. San Francisco. It, from a coaching standpoint, how much does that affect preparation? and do you lose? A significant, what you would consider a significant amount of prep time, something that you can't account for in a short turnaround situation like this, because as you've talked about a lot, rest and recovery for your players at this time of the year is a number one uh, because we're so deep into the season.
2: Yeah, I think from a physical standpoint, they won't do a whole lot on the field. However, from a preparation standpoint, the good thing about having to buy last week is they were able to look ahead and work on their opponents coming up as well. So they're able to get ahead, and I'm sure they probably only took a day off instead of two or three days off and got in there and started not only working on the Giants but working on the 49ers so they knew exactly uh, – so they'd have a plan ready in place for when that took place. Playing at home, though, for Washington is like a road game because mm-hmm. – the game gets over at 11 o'clock at night, and it takes you till you don't get home till 2 or 3. I'd get home quicker when we played at New York and at Philadelphia than I would playing a home game, mm-hmm. for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is a grind playing at home there and getting back to Ashburn uh, that late. But um, hopefully, like I said, they've done their preparation during a bye week for their upcoming opponents as well.
1: People do not realize. I, I mean, fans realize how bad the traffic is getting out of FedEx Field. But to your point, like not everybody lives in Ashburn, right? So some people <laughs> live in DC, some people live in Alexandria, some people live in Southern Maryland. It's it's bad, but it's not as bad when you've got. You know when you've got to go to Aspirin after FedEx Field, even for a one o'clock game, it's like you said, it's an odyssey. Then on a short week, uh, and and a, and, a, and a night game and all that stuff. So, uh, let me ask you this because I always used to bitch and mo- I still bitch and moan about this. Go 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 figure. When they when the NFL would jam you guys like I was mentioning earlier in twenty, I think it was twenty seventeen. You guys had the Sunday night game against Green Bay at FedEx, and then Dallas on Thanksgiving Day, three and a half days later. I know it's mental prep, but I mean, and I know you try and get ahead, but I mean, just from the timeline of guys recovering and their bodies recovering, how Im- just how unfair of a task is that?
2: Yeah, it's not fair for anybody uh, other than the TV revenue, right? Um, yeah, it's it's not fair for coaches, not fair for players, uh, but you know, especially a Sunday night game, they think, oh, it's a home game. Well, it's not. We don't get home till two o'clock or right. three o'clock in the morning. Right. You know. <laughs> And then you can't sleep because either one or you're fired up or you're lost and you're miserable and you can't sleep and you're going on like one or two hours sleep going into work the next day and then you're a zombie for the next couple days. So uh, it's a nightmare for everybody involved. But uh, it's fun for us as fans to watch it and, you know, watch a Thursday game sometime. Jay's like,
1: ah, no stress for me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no stress for me. I'll play golf in the morning and watch the game at night. Amen, man. Ah, ah, That is the life right now,
0: I tell you. Jay, appreciate you so much as always. talk to you next Monday. You got it. Thank you, guys. You got it, Jay Gruden, joining us here. Touchdown at 10. He joins us 10 o'clock every Monday morning talking about the National Football League right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Philadelphia Eagles right now. They are that brick house in the national football league smoking people. Of course, the Commanders the only team to beat them this year. By the way, if you're like me and you're a Sunday ticket subscriber, cause I have to have it. Cause I rarely get the Washington games where I live. The according to Andrew Marshan, New York post. Originally, Apple wanted to put the Sunday ticket on its Apple TV Plus service, which would have cost $6.99 per month, which is actually a, a pretty good payment, considering what I know Direct TV subscribers pay for it now. But the NFL is apparently requiring the price of the package to be premium to pre- protect CBS and Fox's Sunday packages. If it were priced too low, too many people would get it and crush the broadcast network's viewership. Now, see, I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory of the NFL in your home market. If Washington's on CBS or Fox, you're watching it on the CBS and Fox station. You're you're not necessarily just going to pull it up on Apple Plus and switch back and forth from game to game. You're still going to watch it if it like in this case in D.C. if they're on Channel Five or Channel Nine, you're going to watch the Commanders on Channel Five or Channel Nine. You're you're not just going to watch it on, on Don't Apple they, Plus.
1: Uh, it's been a long time since I've been a Sunday Ticket subscriber. Uh, just because I'm not home most Sundays, mm-hmm. right? Don't they? Um don't they black out? See, the in
0: my case, right. In my case, well, yes. In other words, to make you the Sunday watch ticket, it on- the Sunday ticket would be blacked out for the Washington game,
1: right? But but to in protect your case, channel because you're in the channel Baltimore 5. market, you would right. get it on. Okay, right
0: now, if if in the rare occasion, the very rare occasion, now that channel 45 or channel 13 in Baltimore carry a Commanders game, mm-hmm. then yes, the channel that it's on direct TV is blacked out, right but it's rare that i get them on channel 45 right. or channel right. 13 anymore
1: but there's got to be a re uh, there's got to be so basically what they're saying is the nfl is 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 not accepting the 699 or whatever per month thing because they feel like e, then nobody would watch it on say wusa9 or wttg fox 5 whatever even if they continue to black out those channels mm-hmm. or those local broadcasts on the, on the premium tier
0: Right that's what I don't understand on that second note because to me in every home market, I mean how many people are they really trying to protect like uh, uh you know say a commander's fan in like Des Moines, Iowa? you know right. do they do they really want that fan to be paying the 11.99 a month instead for those for those minimal amount of people outside of the market that would be watching the
1: game i mean here, I don't here know. here's what here's what i what i don't buy the nfl can say whatever they want about oh we can't discount it because of this and that no uh, whatever what do you think the nfl wants per subscriber Eleven ninety nine a month right. or six ninety nine a month, and of
0: course, as as Andrew points out, there's a lot of arrogancy on the side of the NFL and Apple. He said two parties that are very arrogant in terms of the way they operate. So no surprise that neither side is seemingly budging here. And you wonder, does it squelch a deal between the NFL and Apple, uh, which seem to be the two sides closest to an agreement on the future of the Sunday ticket? And then- does it appears to definitely not be going back to Directv.
1: And then where does it wind up? Does it wind up on ESPN Plus?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, does it wind up on Peacock? Because apparently ESPN Plus bid, but the NF—I mean, the Apple bid is apparently much higher than the ESPN. I mean, if the Apple Plus
1: bid is way higher than ESPN was willing to bid, and yet they supposedly want to put it on a six ninety nine per month tier,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like how arrogant are they being?
0: Not the Apple Plus isn't. It's the
1: NFL in this right, case. But Marshand is. is saying that right. Apple was well, known to be arrogant words, or whatever. In other
0: words, but like Apple is so confident in their negotiations. They're like, look, NFL, if you want us oh, to pick, gotcha, gotcha. we're we're going to, hey, we're, we're fine we're gonna with 699. We're going to do what we, right.
1: we want to do. We're right.
0: fine with 699. Well, the NFL's yeah. like, well, we, we want that to be
1: more than that. Yeah. See, so. see, this is the problem. This is the problem. And you heard Jay alluded uh, allude to it. I mean, you know, the NFL does not give a damn. About quality of competition, about player health and safety, about recovery, about rest, about common sense. Not a damn. As long as it, if it comes down to that or just doing whatever they want to do, they'll do whatever they want to do. If it, if it happens to a line and they can have common sense rule the roost, then fine. Okay. But they don't give a damn. All they care about is television ratings. That's all they care about. Or I shouldn't say all. That's mostly what they care about. Primarily what they care about. And you got people running around, you know, in this building, all over the media landscape. Oh, you know, the NFL is so wholesome. And uh, the NFL only wants the best matchups. And, uh, you know, yeah, they want the best matchups and the best quarterbacks. Because they want eyeballs. I mean, they wanted Justin Herbert versus Tua Tungavaiola last okay, night. So period. this week,
0: so this week they flexed Daniel Jones versus Taylor Heineke.
1: Well, but but here's the difference: traditional NFC East rivalry always does well. One, two top ten media markets, and that's number number one is the New York City market. Now, yeah. listen: how many people in New York will stay? For the second half of the game, if it's one side but but here's the good part for the NFL. It's very unlikely to be one sided. I, I I mean, as bad as the Giants were yesterday, I'm sorry. There's a and I know the Commanders beat the Eagles. I would also say the Eagles beat the Eagles as much as the Commanders beat the Eagles sure. that night. I mean, look, Freddie. There's good, a difference look, between the Commanders and the Eagles, obviously, in terms teams. of
0: teams. Or, in a borderline great team like Philadelphia is my preseason selection to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. when they when they lose, it's usually them contributing to their own demise as much as it is the other team doing what's necessary to win. And we see that scenario in all sports all the time is, Chris keeps his streak intact of 93 consecutive shows. Damn it! Well, I was hoping you weren't
1: going to see 93 that.
0: 93 consecutive shows where Chris has spilled a beverage of some sort. Now, let me paint the picture for you as a radio play-by-play guy. <laughs> By the way, I got a, I got an incredible compliment from somebody uh, on Twitter over the weekend for the way I called... Uh, a long touchdown run saying on radio, this is exactly how it's supposed to be done. And when people take the time to do that, I'm incredibly humbled by that.
1: I sent you a text. My guy, uh, the Birdman. Yeah, exactly. Another one. You're you're right. You know, was listening to you call the game. Appreciate that. And texted me and, you know. Chris
0: has coffee, a big 22-ounce soda cup from McDonald's, and now a two-liter bottle of ginger ale, zero, that he's pouring into this 22-ounce cup like it's a, a Schlitz malt liquor bowl. <laughs> and, he,
1: and, of course, he spilled
0: part of it.
1: He spilled a What happened? What happened was I opened up the two-liter bottle, and you know how it's so full to the top? It's, sure. it's unlike a bag of chips, right. which has got more air than has right. chips. Well, a two-liter bottle of soda, thank goodness, because soda, diet soda is the best thing on earth, Um, is filled to the t- Top, so like a dum dum, I grabbed it with my right hand so that I could pour it, and it when of I of course
0: squeezed it, squeezed it, it yeah.
1: all the soda went flying out, by, gushing out by, like Niagara Falls. By the way, Bulls. Maddie,
0: Saturday, Paulson and I are watching him. There's about a twenty person line deep for cheesesteaks in the press room. Chris only wants a beverage, so instead of just stepping between two people and saying, "Excuse me, can I get something from the fountain drink beverage station?" Chris stands in line with the 20 people and waits until he can get up to the fountain soda thing to get his drink at that point. In fairness, Captain
1: Courtesy was standing right there as Kirk Cousins said. Exactly. Captain Kirk to Captain Courtesy. Well, in fairness to me, right, I did try and cut the line. I did try and butt in there with my diet soda cup. The problem is, is nobody would let me through. By the way. They, they were all just off in Never Never Land yeah. dreaming of cheesecakes. Speaking cheese
0: speaking of those cups, uh-huh. were those not the those greatest the cups, cups we've ever. ever? It was a the metallic. The ever. Maddie, it was like a metallic solo cup. It was awesome.
1: It was great.
0: It Kept was your the, beverage cold. I mean,
1: listen, the Philadelphia Lincoln Financial Field food spread, Ross Tucker hit it right on this show on yep. Friday morning. If you missed it, go back. Maddie's Got It podcast. Uh, we had Danny Cannell on. We had Dusty Dvorakic on. We had uh, uh, Ross Tucker on, obviously. We had Keenan Reynolds on. We had uh, somebody else that I'm forgetting about. But it, whatever. Nate Boyer. Uh, Nate Boyer. He was great, too. We had um, – so, so Ross, at the end of the show, we asked him about – you know he does the Tucker spreads and w- whatever, and he pointed out – he said the Lincoln financial field spread for Army Navy, not as good as it is for the Eagles. And I said, Really? I said, eh, It's kind of surprising. Like, and sure as you know what. Now it was fine. I mean, they had meatballs, like one round of meatballs. They didn't bring them back. They had like chicken cheese steaks and with the whiz and the, the onions, and then they had salad, and then they had hot dogs at halftime. What it was fine, right? But it was not as good as a typical Eagles Lincoln financial field. So I went up to him at right before the game on Saturday and I said, Ross, I said, you were right. He goes, what do you mean? He said, I said, you were right about the spring. <laughs> he laughed. He just, he was like, I know my food. <laughs> and, and he was right. The food, I mean, it was fine. It just wasn't as good as that. But the metallic cups, I'm so glad you brought that up. They don't have that at FedEx Field. Surprise. Uh, and th- for whatever reason, it kept the drinks colder and made a difference. It made a difference.
0: I, I mean, it was fabulous. Uh, and not only that, the best part of the pregame for me as a basketball ref, going over to be able to spend 20 minutes with Gene Steratore, just sitting there at the table, me yep. and GP were. i am talking about football officiating, basketball officiating. I mean, it was like a kidney candy store. I kept, I had to, I kept checking my phone because I, I was like 15 minutes away from having to go on air, right, right. and I, I wanted to stay there and talk to Sterator for a lot longer time.
1: Did you take a picture? or No, I couldn't see.
0: No, I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna, you know, I wasn't gonna bug him in all amidst right. all those people right. uh, there. But you know, it, what a, what a great guy and what a great conversation mm-hmm. uh, that we had. We talked about, you know, when he was doing the NFL and college basketball at the same time. And the league kind of frowned about him in November and December doing games. Mm -hmm. So he, we, you know, he's trying to do his main employer, the Big Ten. So he'd do like a Big Ten game on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night, and then on Wednesday night he'd stay like in the same city or whatever, and like he'd do a Michigan game on a Wednesday, and then on Tuesday night or Wednesday night he'd go to like Eastern Michigan. So in the Big Ten he was getting thirty seven hundred bucks a game, and thats
1: that's pretty incredible when you which
0: look about that when I was when I was doing this at the same time. When I was 17 years old, I was refereeing basketball and I was broadcasting sports. I chose the wrong one. There's no question in my mind. When I go back and look at it now, I chose the wrong one. Because Big Ten, you're getting 3700 a night. Even in the MAC, he said, he, said the, he said the best part, though, was for the NFL – is I could get out of sight and out of mind that second night. That way, people wouldn't say, "Well, Gene's doing three basketball games a week and then doing an NFL right, game right. on a Sunday." You're
1: not doing Michigan at Chrysler. i on, on Big Tuesday. Ten I'm on
0: Big Ten Network on Tuesday night, but on Wednesday night, nobody can find right, me to right. Eastern but
1: Michigan. Whoever you know, he's not going from uh, Michigan. You know, from, from Ann Arbor to, to Champaign, Illinois, or right. or, or, or State College, exactly. or whatever. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and then traveling in for a Thursday night game, or or. Whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay. So, but 3700 a game. Wow.
0: 3700 so, And game. that's
1: three officials, obviously. Yep.
0: Each official getting 3700 so, And obviously, it depends on your level of experience, right. too. I mean, but like.
1: So roughly, they're paying like a Big Ten game now, probably because costs have gone up a start,
0: little bit. Start doing probably the
1: math. Probably $10,000 a game, yeah. right, for the, for the officials, right? Start or, or, doing the
0: math, by the way. A guy like Jeff Anderson, one of the best referees in America. Does about eighty-five to ninety games a year, and you know between doing Ivy League because Jeff's a Jeff's a Rochester, New York guy, so Jeff's doing some like Cornell from time to time, obviously doing you know Syracuse in the ACC and things of that nature. So he's probably making anywhere from fifteen to three thousand plus per game that he does at eighty-six games a season. Mm. You start doing the math. Mm. I chose the wrong side of this profession instead of broadcasting it. I should have been one of the zebras on the court
1: and pursued it that way. Yeah, he stuck with me.
0: It's all right. I still get to do high school games in the air. I got a high school game coming up tonight. But, uh, you know, in fact, I got three this week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But it's at least a way for me to stay in it, obviously, at a much cheaper rate (laughs) than uh, the guys that are getting uh, on TV right now. Coming up, I think I'm going to the game Sunday night. I'm kind of apprehensive about it. I'll talk about it next, how we got the tickets and stuff like that. Yes, I'm gonna go sit in the stands, which is even worse. Mm. Uh will Throw
1: you a lukewarm hot dog.
0: There you go. I'll stop by the outdoor I'll stop by your outdoor press box and I'll wave to you. Hey, Russell in there. Can you give me can you just hand me like a drink out the window or something like that? 301-230-0980. one two three oh zero nine eighty. Russell's gotta look at what's trending.
1: All right, we got the Wizards and the Brooklyn Nets tonight for you here, right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Pre-game coverage, Dave Johnson and crew uh, set for 645. Caps off tonight in Chicago tomorrow. Uh, another long road trip here. Washington netting a 5-2 win in Winnipeg last night. Curtis of a four-goal uh, outburst in the second period. Alex Ovechkin, another empty net goal. Tough news uh, in the college athletics world. First, Texas basketball coach Chris Beard has been arrested this morning on a third degree felony domestic violence charge. Forty nine years old, still in jail as of a little while ago down in Austin, Texas. Uh, Apparently, the third degree charge was of a, quote, assault of a family or household member and impeding breath circulation, or what they call strangulation. So we will see what Texas does. Texas issued a statement saying they are aware of the situation but not commenting on what they're going to do. And this is really tough news. Mike Leach, the Mississippi State football coach, was hospitalized on Sunday after what the school is calling a personal health issue. Uh, There are media reports saying, Uh, that Mike Leach needs a miracle, so we hope certainly that he can bound through 61 years old uh, and uh, has been the head coach at Mississippi State since 2019, and that's what's trending.
0: Everybody sing. Everybody dance. Set yourself a wild football romance. Sunday night, Washington and the New York Giants. By the way, Guerrero scoring tickets because my youngest son won them down at MGM National Harbor. And he's a Rams fan, so he has no interest in going to the game. Ryan's a Commanders fan. I'm a Commanders fan. I look at the, the, the of course, the weather for Sunday. Uh, going to be like 30 degrees. <laughs> After sundown on Thursday,
1: I mean, it's December seventeenth.
0: I'm aware of that. I could have I could have gone for like thirty five or forty. That would have been fabulous. That weather in Philly was great this weekend.
1: I, I could have settled for that. Right. I, I, but I would also tell you that if that game was played at 8 o'clock instead of 3 o'clock, it would have been a lot more uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, well, true. But I, And I said to Cody, I said, hey, do you know where the seats are? And he goes, yeah, the cruising altitude
1: of 737. <laughs> I said, oh, great. So he won the tickets. Down at National Harbor right, for something. But, but just, like, for gambling or, or no just idea. lucky or whatever? I don't know. I don't know. Didn't I ask. Didn't, I have asked So you a lot got of three questions. tickets or four?
0: Two. Two. Because, like, sure. Kelly was like, I want to go. I was like, well, you know, I could let her and Ryan go, but I don't I don't know if I want that to happen either. Um, so, Section 408, wait, Row 4. You, wait,
1: you don't trust uh, Ryan or you don't trust Kelly? Uh,
0: Ryan. But Section 408, Row wait, 4. Wait, I,
1: I, I so, gotta, if you're I, in
0: Section 408 on Sunday night, I may be up there with you. I'll I, be the guy dressed in all the Navy <laughs> stuff.
1: Geez, shocking.
0: I'll have a Nationals hat. I'll have a Nationals beanie on, the same mm-hmm. one I wear every day. I'll have my navy, you know, heavy coat, and I'll have a navy hoodie on underneath of it. So, and I'll probably Na- be,
1: navy boxers, navy socks. Some, I
0: might be wearing some Rosecroft gloves that my girl Gina maybe got me. So you over know.
1: over the Navy Championship ring.
0: Uh, I'll probably leave that at home. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Uh, late bring, late he'll, night,
0: he'll, late night in Seed Pleasant, probably he'll, not. He'll bring uh, the
1: Nationals Championship ring.
0: Here's the question. That means I'm gonna obviously have to pay cash parking. So any any cash parking suggestions? I'm open to
1: uh, bring sixty bucks.
0: Jeez me, peasy. Sixty dollars. Okay, where am I yeah. parking for sixty dollars?
1: Uh, I think you could Jericho uh,
0: Church of Praise.
1: I think you could get into the green or orange lot
0: for, for sixty bucks. That. I
1: think so. I'm pretty sure. Well, no, the orange
0: lot that wouldn't be too bad. No, even the outer ring of that is not terrible. No.
1: I mean, we park <clears throat> media parks in the Green a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's called, which is right, it's like we have to park behind, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the uh, covered awning Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking parking about. spots, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to park way behind there, but it's better than where we used to have to park, which was the gray lot. Which is way the you know what out
0: there. I mean, Cody's 29 now. We haven't been to a game since the Rams played there years ago because Cody's a Rams fan, and I took him when he was in high school. So it's been 12 to 15 years since I've actually been to the stadium to a game uh, with my kids. Now, obviously, we went last year when they played Seattle. Right. uh, You know, as a work thing. Right. But uh, we were sitting in a suite. It was nice and warm. It was great. But uh, I haven't sat in the stands at a game you know, in a long time. So I and that got, was a hot
1: Sunday afternoon. I can tell you that. So I got to ask, wh- why do you not trust Kelly to go with with Cody? With Ryan, you mean? I mean, with Ryan.
0: <sighs> you know, Ryan, Ryan's an easily distracted driver. He might break out into rapping while he's driving down the road.
2: Real, but, Be a donk.
0: You know, he listens to look, it. Look, I get in the car the other day. um I help him put. He had the thing at work yesterday. He came over and. Um, you know, his mother put together the meatballs in a crock pot for him to take to his Christmas party at work. And I get it. I open the door to the car, and what do I hear? None other than the Walking Flame uh, being played on his his radio inside of his car.
1: Wait, so, so the Walking
0: Flame, by the way, is Ryan. Yes. All right, but but you can find him on Spotify Ryan, and listen to his records.
1: Ryan's married, right? No,
0: no, girlfriend. Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So he had... And she's a Steelers fan, by the way.
1: So he had your, your wife, Brenda, mm-hmm. make meatballs for his Me, Christmas... Put meatballs in a crock pot for him for he, Christmas party. He couldn't do that? Uh,
0: Chris, he's got a master's degree, uh-huh. but he's not a master of much. <laughs> Outside of music and sports. Here's what Ryan can do. Ryan's a great basketball coach. Right, he's a fantastic recruiter. Right, Pat, Patrick Ewing. If you want to turn your thing around, I'm just saying, call my guy. He can get in any gym in the Baltimore, D.C. area, uh, and get you players. But he's good at that, and he's great at music. He's a sensational right uh, rapper. He does but, a great but job
1: driving and making meatballs. Are two areas that. Yeah, He probably. Uh, leave,
0: leave it to other people. Uh, leave it to other people. You know, <laughs> if I could get him a car service every day, I, I'd get him a car service.
1: That's but, great.
0: You know, I mean, but he's he he's terrific coaching basketball and recruiting. And I mean, the entire starting lineup that he recruited at Seton Hill, those kids are like six and one right now. So and and have like ninety percent of them are from this area.
1: So he's just good at what he's really good at, which yeah. is like most people. So right? what I tell you to do master I mean, like,
0: what you can do, and maybe that's part of the problem I've had. I don't know if I've ever mastered anything that I do. I'm, just good. A, I'm good at a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, you're good at a lot of things. But am I a master at anything? Right. Probably not.
1: That's fair. I mean, probably same thing. I mean, I'm a really good cook. I just, what I don't do is recipes at mm-hmm. all, ever. I don't measure anything. No recipes, no nothing. No. so I mean that's I, no can't, fun. I can't make something the same exact way time and time again because I don't have I'm not
0: sure if Kelly ever measures out what she makes for brownies and cupcakes, but she makes them great. They taste great when she's I mean, done.
1: That, that's that's interesting because part of the reason why I avoid cooking desserts is because I feel like desserts need like one eighth of a cup of oil or whatever, or you know, uh one quarter cup of sugar or or, or you know, a vanilla extract or whatever. I feel like desserts need more attention to detail. That's not of interest to me. What's of interest to me is doing what makes me happy, and that's <tails> and throwing this and throwing ten different herbs and spices onto something. All
0: right, let's get it cranked up with you here in the final hour. Thoughts on the day in the NFL yesterday, and looking ahead now, playoff stretch run. Commanders very much a part of it. It's it's a worthy conversation now. They have moved into the sixth seed without even playing this week, so now they control their fate directly here. Are they up to the task? Do you see them finishing the job and getting to the finish line with the postseason? Let's roll it. Final hours yours right here, 301-230-0980, and, of course, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.